Hi folks, Justin here. Welcome to the Deceptively Clever Podcast. My friend John and I met many years ago at university, and now we call each other once a week to lie about historically significant objects. It works like this. One person gives the other an object to type into their internet search engine of choice. They are only allowed to look in the images, no peeking in articles or captions. The first person then introduces the thing before giving three key statements about their object. One of these statements is a complete lie. I'm sure you can guess what comes next. We're pretty deep into the pilot phase now. I think this will be the sixth episode. So far, John has not correctly guessed a lie, but I've got a pretty good feeling about this one. Okay, my voice will be like a distant whisper, which is probably how my voice should be best heard. <laughs> a distant whisper. Just perhaps not on a podcast. It's not something I can let you search because a little bit too much contained in the Google image sheet that you get. So I'm going to send the photo, if that's all right with you, in the Skype chat. Will that work? Yes, that will work. Okay, that should have gone through. So what I'm looking at is what looks like a very narrow book. And it's a very old book. Brown cover, no writing on the cover. Some big metal corners and thick, thick pages. That is a very accurate description. It is a, it's a tall, narrow book. It looks like you've taken a big, like, chunky book and then cut it in half down the middle. Yeah, so this is the, the parish register from the Holy Trinity Church. Does the Holy Trinity Church mean anything to you, John? Um, not too specifically, if you'd like to elaborate. It is the church in, perhaps my favourite place in the world, Stratford-upon-Avon. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and the direction we're heading here is William Shakespeare. Uh, so, in England in 1538, all parishes were required by law to keep registers of deaths, births, burials, baptisms and marriages. The, bi the big events in your life. The, the, the big main ones. So, Shakespeare, Mr. William, was baptised 26th of April, 1564, and it was common at this time to baptise within three days of birth because infant mortality was so high and they did not want children dying without the protection of God. So, they recorded his birth in Latin. This was before the proper Church of England switch to... Uh, not using Latin for such records. It also contained his death, recorded 52 years later, 25th of April, 1616. So literally almost to the day, there's some speculation he died on the same date that he was born. And here is the last introductory fact and a big one. William Shakespeare had three X's marked next to his name in the register. Any questions initially on that? Well, I'm assuming that the three X's might relate to a statement later. They relate to a couple of them. Uh, maybe for the people listening at home, Stratford-upon-Avon is a little riverside town. At that time, at the time of William Shakespeare's birth, it was a market trading town, kind of on the route to London between the north, but not really. 
Shakespeare was born the son of a glove maker, but his father rose quite well through reputation within the town. He became a not a nobleman, but he had he had positions. He was he was relevant within the place. William benefited a little bit from that and got a better education than he might have got from his birth station. Uh, the church, which I've been to, which is lovely, is <laughs> pretty much what you would expect of a church in an old part of England. Uh, very lovely. William's buried there with most of his family. He's definitely the most famous person to have ever come from the town. And if you go there now, it is basically one big outdoor museum. Yeah. And it's for very, William it's very, Shakespeare. It's very pretty, isn't it, Stratford upon Avon? I've never actually been. It is very pretty. I went in the dead of winter and it was still wonderful. Um, I, I really liked it. I would go back many times. I did. I went three times when <laughs> I was in England the first time. I was only there for four months. Whereas it was lovely. I've never been and I'm from England. So. so you've basically picked a big administrative book. Yes. From a church. From a church. And I've, I've fo- we're going to focus on the three X's with the statements. Mm. When you are ready, if you are ready. I was going to say, because you, you haven't got that much to go off if it's just... Because <laughs> I'm assuming... We're not going to have much to go off in any case. I'm... What I've just given you is, apart from the two true statements, there's not a lot really in this. However, William Shakespeare is one of the most famous people in the world. and We know almost nothing about his life by literal fact, other than the things that are in this book. And inscriptions on his tombstones. To be honest, everything else, like if you read a book on William Shakespeare, there is so much about it that's disputable. It's fascinating. Well, that's interesting. Like if you think about what he did for the English language, for entertainment, for theatre, for art, we know almost nothing about his life wow. other than when he was born, when he's died. And we have to, like, we have to presume so much based on what was happening in the world. Obviously, we know his plays, but even the plays, they weren't written down Plays weren't published like they are now. They just happened. There's so many of his plays that we do not know about because nobody bothered to write them down because he owned, eventually he owned the theatre company. So they built the play as a living, organic concept and almost organism inside the venue and that's where it existed and that was it. When they stopped doing that play, they we never heard of it. Um, so we know, we have flyers from when the plays were on but we don't know much really. I'm going to enter a bit of a... A wider debate here but I think this proves that or suggests that because there's often a debate around history whether it's an art or a science an art being you can never really know the past we're just sort of creating a narrative of it and the science being you can history should be a search for absolute fact I think this proves that history is an art because you'll never actually know all of the facts about someone a lot of it is just speculation yeah it definitely confirms that there's an interaction of the two yeah my brain tends towards the keep looking for facts and I don't mind you speculating, but you better tell me that you're speculating rather than writing something as as fact. You should keep looking for facts, but you should be very aware that you'll never understand everything and you must understand that, like, you must, you must support all of your arguments and statements, obviously, but it, you are very much like making a puzzle with the pieces you're sort of finding and creating. That's really nicely put. <laughs> I've thought a lot about this. As you would, it's, it is your field. <laughs> and that is, if you went around Stratford, 
I think you would have that confirmed. I think you should now. I, yeah, no, yeah, I think I should I as well. I think you would enjoy thinking about these concepts because you can stand in the room where he was born and it is accepted that is where he was born. To as much of a degree as fact as we can. Yeah. Should we do some statements? Let's get into some statements, yeah. Okay. First statement relating to the three X's next to William Shakespeare's name in the register. Uh, statement one. The X's were added much later on just to make it easier to find his name in the register because people were always looking it up. <laughs> Statement number two. The X's were added due to an unpaid debt uh, as a way to reflect that unpaid debt. Statement number three. This isn't actually the original. It's a reproduction after some damage during the life of William Shakespeare. Those are the three statements, John. Any questions? Earlier you said that you think that the lie was obvious and now I'm trying to work out which one you think is obviously a lie. <laughs> I think I misspoke. Yeah, I, I didn't mean obvious. I didn't think. It, they're somewhat one-dimensional. That's fair. <laughs> which is what happens when you get... So the source of my information is from the trust that basically looks after everything of historical significance yeah. in Stratford. Yep. So they w will release blog posts, which I keep an eye on sometimes when I'm feeling homesick from a home that was never actually my home. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they had a nice little article. They described this in one article and then gave another brief outline. But I've, I've elaborated more than they did, and there is no... There's no Wikipedia page for this, which I think is wrong. Maybe I'll get onto that. <laughs> Who knows, this podcast might breed more Wikipedia pages. I, I, I would be so satisfied if that happened. <laughs> Right, so statement one, added much later so that people could find his name. Yes. How much is much later? Nobody knows. Nobody knows? Nobody knows. It's just been accepted by the trust that that's why, I'm going to say. Wasn't done in his lifetime and was not... I don't think they've done handwriting studies. They should have. But then, like, why is this... Is this that important, this book, to know that he's from there? Surely just the knowledge that he would be in this book is enough. I imagine... Here's some other facts that did not come into it. Oh, People sure. used to go into the house where he was born and write their names. And there was a window in the room called the birthing room where he was born that famous people would come and scratch their names into. So Charles Dickens did this. Charles Dickens was actually a part of a group that saved the Shakespeare properties, really. We wouldn't have Stratford as a walking museum without them. They would just go in and write their names on things. Someone as late as 1967 scratched their name into the birthing room window. <laughs> I think anyone who went to Stratford any time after Shakespeare was famous would have wanted to go and look at this book. I went to the church and did the little tour. I would have, I would have he, peeked at the book. He's one of those figures that has such like, it's just sort of mythic proportions that you can sort of, I personally don't, but you could see the appeal of seeing his name written down and going, that's the moment he was baptised, or like, that's a significant moment that we are sure that he was at this time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would rather see the broom cupboard in the house and have someone tell me why broom cupboards looked like that than see an actual name written. Like, I have no interest <laughs> in going to see the Mona Lisa uh, in the Louvre. It's, I'm not waiting in line for that. Yeah. I'm the person who's on the other side of the street looking at the traffic lights saying, why are they that shape? <laughs> so I don't have any need to sign my name on the window, but 
I went to the church and basically walk in and you go through all the things related to Shakespeare. I can see how this would have sat there and having X's on the page would have made it easier, I reckon. Yeah, I could, I could sort of act. It's just, yeah, it's very... Personally, I'm like, don't you dare write on a, a parish register. Yeah, that is a little... Unless you're the person making the record. Yeah, don't, don't do it. Put a sticky note on it. Jesus Christ. So... Is he the only person in the parish register to have three X's by his name? Well, shall we move into statement two for that? <laughs> the approach to debtors' prison seemed very, very different at this time, and also depending on who you were. Yeah. I don't think the courthouse and the way the court operated was the same now. Like now you would have a mark on your public record, or if you owned a property, as is relevant here, that property would have qualifications on its title that did not allow you to sell it if you hadn't paid the debt off. I don't think public records were that good. So I think one of the easiest ways to just recognise that this was a person who, although they're not in prison, we're not going to lock them up for it. They haven't paid their debt. They get some marks in the parish register. Yeah. So in your name, when you got married, you would have the name of your spouse added to your register. And I think the marks were just an, an, yeah, an indication of somewhat questionable reliability. Do you know what the unpaid debt was? Yes. So he owned a few houses in Stratford, but there's one called New Place, which I didn't get to go into for two reasons. The house doesn't exist anymore, but also the house that does exist there now wasn't open. But he, after moving to London and making money, he bought New Place from a guy that was from Stratford. Okay. It cost £60, he paid him 30 under a gentleman's agreement that he would pay them the other 30 when he came back to Stratford or whatever. He was the famous person of Stratford. Yeah. Almost seems like he, he ran the place even though he wasn't there. His <laughs> wife and family still lived there, so I think it was fine. That guy died, and to be honest, it sounds like his oldest son that inherited everything was a, a right knobhead. <laughs> and obviously we, don't, we barely know where Shakespeare was at any point. We don't know why but didn't pay him the other 30 is the speculation and that's how he got the, the unpaid debt mark. Um, but he actually ended up with the house and that's why it's part of the Shakespeare law. So is it, it's not necessarily that he was poor or didn't have the money, it's that there was complications as to who to pay? No, no, he decided not. Oh, well, decided, decided I not suppose to. that's possible. We don't, we don't know. He... He was not a person well-known for his personal organisation. He was very blasé about things like that. <laughs> There's tr very true records of his wife. Like, like no one really knows why he never spent any time with her. But he would just go off to London for ages. I think there was a time, this is trending off into my own memory, I think one of the plagues happened and he didn't bother going home. He just went off to some other part of the countryside. Oh. <laughs> so he wasn't exactly stressing about dotting I's and crossing T's. So I suppose the story that made the most sense to me is the other half was owed to the father. Father died. The son's like, pay, didn't. Uh, but that son ended up dying anyway. And he bought the rest of the house off. He ended up with the house. So in, in this timeline, when were the X's added? So he was in London. He bought the house after the, the plague years, which are 1592, 93, I think. So we're talking 94 onwards. But... There's no date. Okay. 
So just when he's in London, he's just decided he's not paying. They added these X's. To it could say. be any point up until, well, he went home to die at 50s. He stopped writing at about 40. So I'm going to guess not many, I wouldn't think more than or less than 12 years before his death. So I'm thinking between 1594 and 1604 kind of range. He owns the house by the end of this period. And they're added just to say this guy's not paid a debt. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I sort of... I... Like if you had to go and you had to buy something off someone and you go, you go to the parish and you find their name and you find out who they're married to, who their father was, they've got some exes, you know you need to dig in more. Like it, it's a, just a little, it's kind of like a social rating. Yeah. Like a trip advisor. Trip advisor for Shakespearean buyers. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm sort of trying to work out which one I believe more now. But there you go. That's the whole point of the quiz, isn't it? <laughs> that is the point of the quiz, yeah. So, move on to statement three. It's not the original, it's a re reproduction due to damage. Hard for you to unpack here, but... What was, what caused, do you know what caused the damage? Uh, I've got a fair idea. They used to just write them on loose bits of paper and keep them kind of bound. Maybe they end up putting a skin binding on them. But record keeping was not a well done thing yeah. in the the various churches. Horrible to even contemplate that that's the only record someone's entire life can have <laughs> is when they were born, who they married, and when they died, and they were just loosely keeping them on paper. So they consolidated them into a book, I guess. So it's but, it's more that the the book is a reproduction of these like loose papers. Yeah. They turned a bunch of stuff into a book and said, here we go, this is everything about this area, including one of the most famous people in all of history. <laughs> you can hear the sarcasm in my voice because I'm imagining like a big thumbs up. Yep, definitely copied it all out, right? Definitely didn't rush through it. Yeah. Definitely made sure I didn't make any mistakes. No, nah, it's all good, mate. Yeah, just like, yep, yeah, we've got it down. They're like, well... <laughs> yeah, They're have just, you though? They will have just made up thousands of names and then they've just put Shakespeare in properly and gone, there we go, perfect. Exactly. I just don't even want to think about what, what could have gone wrong throughout all of history, I guess. Yeah, it's true. It's just like... Does it even matter? How, how important did people realise these things were when they were making them? Yeah, clearly not, not very. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, this is really difficult because they're all like just very simple. Yeah. Like statement one, I understand that people are desperate at like any hint of a information or any hint of like a sign of lived experience by these people especially when it's someone like Shakespeare yeah and I suppose you want to think the longer the more people get interested the less likely they would be to deface the book so you have to draw the intersection between the convenience of the X's yeah. versus protecting a really important document and then I can imagine statement too because if he's so just sort of wishy-washy all over the place he's probably just gonna be like ah i'm not for about paying that bloke yeah it's like what are you gonna do come down to london and get me oh, i don't care go and go and bash up Anne for it i am one of the most famous people in the world don't touch me he wasn't that famous in his time there were other playwrights that were equally as well known oh yeah i suppose yeah because he's like he's gained all this he happened to to it was a golden era for theater in london and he just happened to be there and for some reason, we happen to have grasped onto his works. Um, just there like, are people who think his contemporaries were as good 
the, obviously there are so many people who think he stole all of the works and didn't write anything. <laughs> and to a, to a degree that was true. They didn't have the same respect for authorship. So you could go to Italy, find a story. There's been people find manuscripts of stories that he turned into plays. And at that time, that's what the skill was. It was making a production. It had nothing to do with where you got the story from. We've created that since. And so now people get quite touchy about it. But in reality, I don't think he would have cared I think this adds to the character of someone who would not pay a debt they owe. So Yes, and it's the spin. So he, the credit he really gets is what he did with the language of the story. So the poetry was almost undoubtedly his. Yeah, he just turned the phrase quite nicely to the pleasure of the people <laughs> and did mostly as he pleased. And then surely statement three has to be true because if statement two is true then statement one is false and if statement one is true statement two is false it doesn't matter what doesn't matter what register this is someone could have added x's it's true but surely the justification for adding them just to find his name makes the fact that he's got an unpaid debt irrelevant if you see what i mean you're not you're not gonna, you're not going to be putting three x's there so that you can find his name and because he has an unpaid debt you've said that the x's uh, are there for one or the other see point and the flaw in the thing. So yes. it's whether I it's whether I believe one or two is my logic here. I can c concoct a scenario where that does work, and I will be furious about it. But uh, that's okay. You know, do you do you want to hear it or you don't want to hear it? Yeah, go on. So the original has the X's, which are the unpaid debt. Okay. They have to get reproduced. At this point, it doesn't matter as much. He already has that. He owns the house outright. They don't really need it. The person copying doesn't bother with it. They don't bother with any of the X's for people who are dead or whatever. The issue's resolved. Actually, maybe even he asks for them not to be included. Then they get added much later because it's easier to find his name with X's. That would be fascinating to me. But then, but in that scenario, you've just said that all three are true because you've also included the fact that there's a reproduction. That's the point of what I'm doing. I'm telling you they're all true. Oh, I see. Yeah, but you don't have to tell me they're all true because I know that one of them's a lie. We, we're getting... This is... We're going off on a tangent on the rules of the game. <laughs> One of them is a liar. This is just a thing that I hadn't considered until now. Like, hmm, the X's are a thing. I told you the X's are a thing. Yeah. The X's must, might, could be, perhaps are a thing in many registers from many parishes. What they denote in various situations is potentially up for debate. So, yeah, maybe they just come and went. X could be anything. Well, after this completely long-winded and elaborate path we've gone down, I'm going to choose statement one and say that's false. <laughs> you are locking in statement one and saying that they were not added to make it easier to find Shakespeare. I think it was, they were added because of a debt. You think they were added because of a debt. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. My boy. Oh, God's sake. I got it wrong you again. Are not, you are not correct, no. God's sake. You did such a good job. Oh, every time. You did such a good job, but... Is it statement two? Statement two was a, just a blatant lie. He paid cash God for the house. For God's sake. That's so annoying. Shakespeare was not a man who... He did actually... I found out after I wrote this lie. He did have unpaid debts in London. He just didn't pay tax a few times. Like, nah, never mind. What are you going to do? I think in the back of my mind, I knew that there was something about him and money. And for some reason, I was thinking that he like died in debt or something. He was terrible with money. He died with almost nothing. He didn't have... He's only a surviving child. He married off to a doctor who was quite good who he bought them a house and then they were fine but yeah he was not very good with money i think that i think that was in the back of my mind and therefore i was thinking yeah he's some dodgy bloke but i should oh, i should have known it so, was 
statement one. What I had here was the that, and I had more lies than facts. I couldn't find enough facts to fill this thing up. There was nothing <laughs> on it. So the other lies I wanted to consider were, because there were rumours that he had a relationship with, uh, I think it was the Earl of Southampton. Yeah. Uh, who was almost definitely bisexual. Yeah. It, it, isn't there like rumours he had a relationship with another playwright as well that I've forgotten the guy, the guy who wrote um, Faustus, whatever. Yeah, I don't don't say I don't think that's mentioned in the Bill Bryson book, but he, which is what I was reading on the rocks today, my Instagram stories for I the listeners. I did see that in your Instagram stories. Some very yeah. good pictures on your Instagram story. I was flicking through looking for uh, mentions of the money. That's where I found out about the tax thing. So I wanted to say that he had the relationship with him there so they put that in there for ill character after he died for something he would have been uh, persecuted and prosecuted for yeah also wanted to say that it indicated the days since baptism because between birth and baptism so they would put a mark showing how far away from birth you got before you were baptized oh that's a good one. i also th- thought it I could have been a count of children like if you didn't have room to write all the children straight under the name they get their own uh, entry later on in the book at their birthday and you just put an x next to the parent's name so you can count the kids so I was writing these out, plus the unpaid debt. Then I realised I couldn't use this object because I didn't have a third decent fact. <laughs> then I so then I came up with the reproduction. And I think somewhere in the back of my mind I didn't like it because it meant that one of the other two, the other two couldn't mutually be both true. Yeah. I think my logic was sound. I just chose the wrong one again. Yeah. And what's less elaborate, me coming up with makes it easier to find him or added due to an unpaid debt. Yeah. You went with the less elaborate, which was probably the good... It's probably the sensible choice. No, someone <laughs> just went along and put some X's in his name so that people could find it. What are you doing, guys? Do you know, that just makes so much sense, though, because I bet it was, like, during the Victorian period or something where there's just this, like, people love probably. an old celebrity and they love all these stories. So I'm furious that yeah. I didn't trust myself on that idea and I, I trusted this idea in the back of my head that he was bad with money. Damn. Well done. Good lies. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that worked out as a, you didn't just go, this is obviously the lie. And I'm glad we got to talk about Shakespeare because, I mean, it was only a matter of time, really. Well, yeah, I mean, I have got that classic British school child aversion to him where we've done... I was never forced to read it. See, that's that's the beauty of it. You weren't forced to, and therefore you probably will enjoy it. But I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind Macbeth. I haven't seen Macbeth yet. I'd like to watch the. Did David Tennant play the yeah. lead in a Macbeth? Yeah, I'd like to. No, watch that. or was he? I can't remember if he was Macbeth or if he played King Lear. I can't remember. Mm. But the Michael the Michael Fassbender film is very good. Oh, okay, I really enjoy that, and it's very 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 cinematic. It's very dramatic. Okay, that sounds interesting. I'm not sure if it got many good reviews or anything, but I liked it. <laughs> you were... Oh, my God, my mother's just texted me that the game's back on. Oh, here we go. I think we still lost, but... Uh, you were always very into, into movies. Oh, the time we went and watched Interstellar, Jesus. Oh, God, that was, that was a slog, wasn't it? And Jack and I just came out like, oh, my God, and you're like, oh, I quite liked it. I did. It's gone down yeah. as one of the, one of the I, like, better movies made in the decade. Yeah, you were obviously the person who knew more about films than than us. But God, it was long. It's not a film that I'll watch again. But like when I was watching it, it did feel long. But it was cinematic. 
It's I've just... watched it once since, and I can tell you it's much better when you're texting during it. Yeah, I can imagine that. I don't. I, you see the pretty pictures. I'll never be okay with him saying, turning almost to the camera and saying, "It's love. Love's the extra dimension." Yeah, that that's where it got a bit lost there with it. To be honest, I liked. I actually liked all of that stuff better watching it at home on a TV. <laughs> I really hated. This is getting a little bit specific, but I hated the way the camera moves when the spaceship's flying because that gives me a sense of there being another moving object. I know exactly what you so, mean. Yeah. When yeah. they fly, yeah, the camera sort of spirals around them and interacts with them. Yeah, it like sort of flies alongside them at some points and all this stuff, and you're like, okay. Yeah, it takes me away from... Because there are some beautiful slow motion... Not slow motion, just drifting in space, wide pan shots where the camera's still that are beautiful. Yeah. And they con- they con- they clash a lot for me with the moving camera shots. It's just... Yeah. Have you seen any good films lately? I haven't, caught, I haven't kept up with anything. Um... Have I seen any good films recently? Um, I can't think. Not particularly, I don't think. Well, I mean, I haven't really been going to the cinema. I do have... We have been doing very good, though, because before lockdown, before the cinemas, we were going to the cinema every Monday. Good. And we were seeing some good films there. But for yep. the life of me, I can't remember them. Only new release I saw last year was Downton Abbey. <laughs> That's fair. Which is fine. It was, it was Which is your like, of Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you absolutely loved it. It was me and two retired women, a woman who was definitely below retirement age, and a woman who's somewhere in the middle. And that was it for the whole cinema. <laughs> Which yeah. is my. I, in Adelaide, I used to go every Tuesday because I had a 9 a.m. seminar and I had a 5 p.m. thing. Don't know what. And I used to schedule a group meeting in the middle. So I would go to the cinema to sleep in the middle of the day. Of course, you can't sleep in a cinema chair. But I would see these <laughs> four women every single time. We just we synced up. We went and saw all the new releases. And we just synced up the order in which we saw them. So I would sit down the front somewhere so I could get out if I needed to. They'd sit up the back. And I started creating like stories for them being a, a detective syndicate. Yeah. Like a Agatha Christie style <laughs> sol- solving. It was good fun. I thought a lot more about their lives than I did the actual movies. 